Cambridge, welcome to worship. Set aside the next hour to relax and breathe in God's presence. Breathing is so important. When we're anxious or afraid or stressed out, we forget to breathe. So let's set aside this time to calm our hearts and to breathe. So join me in breathing and we wanna breathe deeply. The book of Psalms ends this way. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So as we come together for worship and we focus our attention on God, let us breathe deeply and to rest in God's presence. Welcome to worship. Hey, welcome to worship. It's good to be with you guys. Um, this week, uh, something a little different. While following social distancing and being safe, we were able to get the entire worship team uh, on the platform and record worship. So we have a whole band for you today. Um, I'm excited for that, and it was exciting to be uh, able to worship with these brothers. Um, I pray that it's a blessing to you as well. And so while worship is happening, I just want to encourage you as you're in your homes uh, to feel free to sing out. And I know it may seem uh, a little strange or a little awkward at first, um, but I encourage you to do it. There's something that God does in us when we let go and just worship him. But even if you choose to sit and listen, I pray that it's a blessing to you and that you draw near to the Lord. Because you know, as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Father, thank you for this time that we have together. Lord, I pray that everything that we do would honor you. In Jesus' name. you 
There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your eye-living home. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the
for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Amen. God bless you guys. Now let's hear from Sally about what's going on around the church. Welcome to Stonebridge Online. Feel free to pause the video during these announcements in order to grab all the information you may need. Are you having good days and bad days? Is social distancing making you feel socially isolated? Now more than ever, with the help of Zoom and other online platforms, growth groups are a vital part of staying connected. This weekend, Pastor Neil is starting a new message series called Family Matters. This is a great time to join the community and get the support growth groups provide. Contact Barbara Waite by giving her a call or sending her an email. Kids Church and Student Ministries are hosting online groups and fun activities for the whole family. Contact Miss Stephanie or Pastor Cynthia to learn how you and your kids can participate. Simi Valley Samaritan Center serves the homeless and the most disenfranchised in our community. Due to the changing nature of the COVID-19 crisis, the Samaritan Center has had to evolve accordingly. For everyone's health and safety, the Samaritan Center has discontinued its free nightly dinners. Instead, they're asking for $5 and $10 gift card donations to restaurants like Subway, Carl's Jr., Tommy's Burgers, Taco Bell, etc. Every evening, gift cards are distributed to those in need. You can help by purchasing gift cards and sending them to Stonebridge. On behalf of our church, we will make sure that the cards are safely delivered. Our nominating committee will be meeting soon to nominate our next class of deacons and elders. If you are interested in serving Stonebridge in this capacity, please visit our website to learn more about what it means to be a deacon or elder and fill out an application. Applications are due May 4th. Stonebridge Christian Recovery is designed to help you on the road to recovery of any hurts, habits, or hang-ups that are keeping you from a joyful and productive life. The program will be meeting virtually every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Send an email to Barbara Waite to get registered. And lastly, we'd love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your prayers and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in new version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are important to us. Once again, thanks for worshiping with us online. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Jennifer. Zaragoza. We are here today to uh, let you know um, about the Samaritan Center. The Samaritan Center is one of the community outreaches here at uh, Stonebridge Community Church. I've been volunteering for several years at the Samaritan Center. Paul had been telling me that he wanted to get more involved with the church and uh, with volunteering. Paul took over for Scott in January. First of all, we're just grateful for Scott and his leadership that he's been and spearheading the Samaritan Center for seven years. We actually had some challenges here with uh, the COVID-19 issue too, and Jennifer and I were thinking, how can we continue to serve? The, the Samaritan Center right. had actually closed their empty room where we served meals to them on the fourth Wednesday of every month. And so we had to come up with another solution of how we would get the meals to the clients at the Samaritan Center. And um, so we came up with the idea of putting together to-go boxes and then serving them from the back of our truck. Uh, people who were um, 
not able to actually put meals together were dropping food off for us. And we're just so grateful too for all the volunteers too we had. We had everything from meatballs to homemade soups to sandwiches. Also too as we continue to go through this COVID-19 crisis we encourage others to continue for the donations and time and assistance to prepare meals and serve meals. And we're also reminded that uh, our church is not just a building, but it is uh, the members and the community that we create together. And we're so grateful for that Stonebridge community, even at a time when we're not actually meeting on Saturday evenings and Sunday mornings in the church building. Thank you, Stonebridge Community Church. Hello, Stonebridge. We're starting a new sermon series this week. It's called Family Matters. And uh, families do matter, especially right now. You know, in any given uh, church service, it's difficult to talk to all the people who are listening and have them all having the same kind of situation in their lives. But right now, that's what's happening. It doesn't matter what kind of families we have, whether we are uh, part of an extended family or uh, uh, the, our a family of origin that we grew up with, or a traditional family, or a nuclear family, or a single parent family, or a, a, a family without any children, uh, whatever kind of family we find ourselves in, uh, we are all in the same situation. We are all social distancing, we're all home, we're all trying to figure out what's going to happen with work and with the economy. Some of us have children, but all of us have that situation where we are isolated and we're trying trying to stay connected and so for these next eight weeks we've got some uh, things that we think will make a difference for families out of scripture and today i have two life lessons for us out of the bible and the first one uh, comes out of a conversation that i've been having with a couple moms from our church who have young kids who are really struggling really sad because they don't get to see their friends, because they don't get to see maybe their grandparents or go to school. And what's really sad is that they think it's their fault. They wonder why they're being punished. Um, what did I do so wrong that you took away my play days and, and my family, my, my grandparents or my, my classroom? Am I bad for that? Is it, is it my fault? And uh, so for the youngest among us, uh, but also for all of us, uh, the first life lesson for us at this time is, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. There's an old preacher story about a pastor from the Midwest who uh, was in a town that uh, was in the middle of a drought and the crops were failing. And on Sunday morning, the pastor said, I want you all to come back uh, and tonight and we're going to have a prayer service and pray for rain. And everybody came back that night, but the pastor wasn't satisfied. He looked out on the congregation and he said, y'all came back to pray, but only one little girl brought an umbrella. Well, I don't know if that's a story about faith or uh, just to be funny, but uh, what my question is, is if the rain doesn't come, is it their fault? Is it their fault because they didn't bring faith with them? Or maybe they just didn't find umbrellas, didn't think about it? If they had brought umbrellas, would it have changed God's mind? I want to say, it's not your fault. 
And of course, this isn't just a little kid question. During our time of social distancing, adults are racked by guilt as well. I mean, a lot of us think we could be doing more. We should be doing more. I, I, I mean, now that we're working our full time and taking care of kids and uh, we're at home, so shouldn't we be doing spring cleaning too with all the free time we have? And I know you're thinking, what free time? But we can feel guilty and feel like maybe this is our fault. And of course, there are times when we do make mistakes. And there are some things that are our fault. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, but today, especially coming out of those conversations about children who are sad, who think maybe somehow this situation is their fault, or some teens and adults who might feel the same way, uh, Jesus' life lesson is, it's not your fault. And he made it really clear with one clear sentence out of Matthew 5.44. Uh, I'm sorry, 5.45. He says, God gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Sometimes there are going to be droughts. And it's nobody's fault. And sometimes the rain's going to come and nobody gets to take the credit. Now, this is a liberating lesson. I mean, for thousands of years, human beings blamed other people for bad things that happened and took credit for good things. There was always somebody's fault. And people, it was almost always the people in charge who seemed to be the ones who were doing the good things. And it was their enemy or somebody else who was doing the bad things. When good things happened, the people in charge took credit, and when bad things happened, somebody else got punished. And Jesus changed all that. He put a halt to it. And the context of this powerful lesson uh, is that we shouldn't be treating our enemies because we can in such harsh ways. Jesus says this in, in verses 43 to 45, But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Uh, in any crisis, including this one, there are religious leaders who have taken the spotlight or grabbed the news cycle by ignoring this teaching of Jesus and going back further and saying, oh, this crisis, it's their fault. There's an enemy. There are people who are bad. This group, that group of people, this is their fault. I'm just going to say that's bad theology. Jesus doesn't say that. The amazing life-giving freedom of Jesus's life lesson is this. It's not your fault. And it's not someone else's fault either. There isn't an enemy to blame it on. It's especially not the fault of the people we engage with, those we pass on the street and have to stand six feet apart, those uh, who are at the grocery store, the checkers who aren't able to give us everything we want, or the restaurants owners that are closed. It's not the overstressed and overworked doctors and nurses and teachers uh, and other care providers who might not be able to satisfy our needs. You know what? It's not their fault. They're the heroes of our day. If you have children who worry that they did something wrong, you tell them this. 
Jesus says, it's not your fault. Maybe this activity will be helpful. I've put together a little picture and I'm going to put it on screen and you can uh, make one like this yourself. So take a piece of paper and on the right side of the paper, draw a picture of COVID, of the virus. Draw it any way you like. And then in the middle of the page, draw a picture of yourself. And on the left side of the page, draw a picture of Jesus with a little bubble, voice bubble that says, it's not your fault. There are things in our lives that we feel guilty about and we wish we could change. Setting aside all those times when we've done things wrong that where it is our fault, uh, this life lesson is an important one. It's just not your fault. For the times um, when something is our fault, the Bible's word for that is sin. And God has spent an inordinate amount of time and energy throughout human history trying to cleanse the world and us from sin. It's why Jesus came. And if we have something that we feel guilty about, we can ask for forgiveness. And I encourage you and invite you to do that. Forgiveness is an important topic, and we're going to spend some time in this series on it. But I'm going to move us forward right now to the second important life lesson, and it's this. There isn't always a reason. There isn't always a reason. When our daughter Annie was researching colleges, she chose Allegheny College in Pennsylvania. And one of the main reasons she chose it was because they had a study abroad program in Oxford, England. And she was uh, an English and an English history major, and she wanted to uh, study in Oxford. She was so excited. And so for her sophomore and freshman years, she did everything she needed to do. And then she applied for that study abroad program for her junior uh, year. And uh, she just hadn't taken one thing into account. And that was her school only chose one student every year to go to Oxford. Now, Annie's nothing if she isn't confident. And she had absolute confidence that out of all the students who applied for Oxford, she'd get that one. She came in second. Oh, was she disappointed. She had really wanted it. She had prayed for it. We had prayed for it, but she didn't get it. She was devastated. She did all the mental gymnastics that we go through when we have a disappointing thing happen in our lives. She asked, if God's watching out for me, why didn't I get it? get it? What is the reason? Human beings want there to be a reason. I, of course, wasn't about to say, well, the reason was that she picked a college that only had one student go to Oxford. That wouldn't have been helpful. And uh, also, that's a very practical reason. She and we aren't looking for those kinds of reasons. We're looking for that spiritual reason, that divine reason, that reason that God has a bigger reason for us. Why didn't God help Annie get the study abroad program she wanted? I want you to see the tyranny in that question, the mental, emotional, spiritual twisting that comes with that kind of questioning. Annie thought maybe something good is going to happen somewhere else that God wants me to have. Or maybe there's something bad going to happen in Oxford that he wants me to avoid. 
Of course, there's no way of knowing those kinds of things. But human beings love to ask why. What's the reason? Why did this happen? Why didn't this happen? Why is this happening now? Why is this sermon going so long? We have lots of questions and we want to know the reason why. We want and we need to find the meaning of life, particularly in the things that challenge us. We want a reason. We want there to be a reason. We want there to be a divine purpose in our challenges. We want to know that God has a reason. But I want to say that needing to find a reason is tyranny. It's, it twists us up like a pretzel trying to guess the mind of God. But there's good news. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God has a reason for everything. Thank God for that. I mean, we think it would be good to know what the reason is for something bad happening. But it would actually be really bad to learn that there are divine reasons for things like our loved one is in the hospital and we can't go see them. Oh, well, there's a divine reason for that. When we lose a loved one, we don't want to hear that, well, the reason is God needed another angel in heaven or wanted another first baseman on the heavenly baseball team. We don't care what the reason is. We want that loved one back. Needing a reason for the bad things that happen sets God up for a fall. But whoever made up the phrase, there's a reason for everything, didn't get it out of the Bible. We won't find it there. What the Bible does say is that God takes the bad and turns it good. Romans 8, 28. It's so familiar to so many of us. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It's such a familiar verse for so many of us that it's easy to uh, have lost some of its power. But don't let it lose the power for you. The reality is that God can and does create good out of bad. And that is infinitely better and more healing than to say God had a reason for it. Those things we wish never happened in our past, the virus that is devastating our world now, we don't have to rack our brains trying to decide what the reason is for it. Bad things happen. We wish they wouldn't. But God can and does take the bad and make good from it. There will be stories of good that come out of this coronavirus. You will have stories of good that come out of this situation. With Annie in Oxford, what finally actually happened was that she discovered how God was willing and able to turn her disappointment into something good. There was no bigger reason for her not getting Oxford. It was a disappointing decision in her life, a disappointing situation. But God made something good from it. She found another study abroad program in Bath, England, which was the home of Jane Austen, the author of Pride and Prejudice, which is one of Annie's favorite books. And she did an internship at the Jane Austen Center there in Bath. And she did her senior project on Jane Austen. And she became kind of an expert on Jane Austen and, in fact, has judged Jane Austen uh, shows, programs uh, over the years because of that. Now, years later, Annie and I have a saying. Whenever we've run into a challenge or a disappointment, 
we just say, remember Oxford. Remember that time. You didn't get what you wanted. And remember what God did to make it good. We shouldn't be surprised that God makes good things out of bad things for us. We're God's children. God loves us. Just think, when our kid is on a sports team and their team wins, we take them for ice cream to celebrate. But when they lose, we take them for ice cream to make them feel better. Jesus said, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? There isn't always a reason for the bad things that happen, but God is able to work good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. During these challenging times that we're in, let's look for the good. In fact, let's be part of the good that can come out of this. Let's understand that it's not our fault, but it's not their fault either. Next week, next steps. This week, look for ways to assure others it's not their fault and look for ways to be part of the good that God is doing through the bad of the situation that we're in. Amen. Hi, Stonebridge. As a mother, I can really identify with what Pastor Neil spoke about today in regards to feelings of sadness or being at fault, especially during this season. My three-year-old has a hard time understanding why he can't be with his teachers or friends right now. And while we do our best as parents to explain the situation, it can definitely take a toll. In this new normal, we are all creatively trying to find joy, support, and encouragement, even when we can't be together. One way children's ministry tried to spread love and encouragement to others is with sidewalk chalk. Recently, we took to our driveways and sidewalks to proclaim that God is good all the time. Take a look at the pictures. Those pictures brought a huge smile to my face. I hope it did the same for you. 
To keep up with children's ministry, follow us on Instagram and Facebook by following at Stonebridge Kids. Hi, I'm Sally Thompson. I'm the office manager here at Stonebridge Community Church. And I'm Beth Hubert. I'm the business manager. And look, we're social distancing six feet apart so we can bring this video to you. What we want to say is how much we appreciate you as a church still being the church while we're not able to be together. We see you in so many ways here in the office. We're getting the mail every day and we see you with the offering envelopes that are coming in. We see you with the prayers and the praises that are coming in through email. We see you signing up for growth groups. We see you worshiping online and we're so grateful and so amazed by everyone who still continues to be the church while we're not able to be together. We're so grateful. And I just want to say thank you so much that despite all of our challenges, we continue to be blessed by God and can continue to be a blessing through our tithes and offerings. Please visit StonebridgeCME.com and click on online giving. Thank you. Of wonder.
for joining us today. Go out into the world in peace. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace. Thank you.